I know you. You are afraid to speak up. You are scared of what other people think of you. And you blame yourself for what happened to you. I know how it feels because I've been there. If you found me, I'm so grateful you are here. This podcast will give you hope. And I'm your host, Anna Maidanova. And I'm going to hold your hand and provide the guidance. It's time for you to find your why and turn your experience into your biggest power. This is your time now. So lock your door, put your headphones in and enjoy. Tanya, when we first met, you shared something you have never ever shared with anyone before. And this happened off the back of me sharing my story. Would you yes. would you let us know what's happened in your childhood? The world is an amazing place and the universe has amazing ways of bringing people together and I was it is the universe putting us together in the most magical way. And I was Laban interviewed me and for his podcast. And then you were just listening to me talk in the background and popped in. And I was like, who is this beautiful human? And as you shared your story, I became very overwhelmed because I too am a victim of sexual assault as a child. And I had not at that point had the conversation, the critical conversation with my mom that I needed to have. And when you asked me to be on your podcast, I was terrified because I was like, I haven't told my mom yet. And I don't know how that's going to go. And when you asked me, I knew at that point that I actually wasn't ready to tell her. I knew I was getting closer. But I didn't, I just wasn't quite ready. And so I just let time pass and kept showing up for myself. And all of a sudden, it was like there was this fire in my soul that said, it's time. It is time. And so I did. I went to her and I told her. And then I'm now able because I've shared with my children, I am now able to have this conversation with you and hold space for others who have had this experience themselves. What was your reaction? How did you tell her? And what was your reaction? It didn't go well. That's okay. It's I okay. I know. Um, you know what, Anna, it's, it's interesting because I was so proud of myself. I was so fucking proud of myself when I was driving up there. I was so proud of myself because I was doing it, right? Like to get to that space, that's kind of an incredible thing. Like when you and I talked before, I hadn't told, it wasn't public knowledge, I guess. And I hadn't told my mom. and. When I knew it was time, it was like, it, it was like the only thing that I 
could think about was like, I needed to release this. I needed desperately to speak my truth. And so when I was driving up there, I was so proud of myself because I was like, oh my God, like I have literally turned my life around in the last year because when I learned of this, I was so broken. And now I love myself enough to trust myself enough to go by myself, to drive all the way up there, to stay with her and to have an honest, truthful, heartfelt conversation that I knew was going to be super fucking hard. But I was like, oh my God, like I actually love myself enough to do this. And I was so proud. And then when I got up there, it, it of course, the feelings of, of trying to figure out, you know, there's never the perfect time. There's never the, the perfect moment. There's never the, and it takes so much fucking courage because oh, as, soon yes. as, it's, as soon as it comes out, you know, you don't get to take it back. You don't get to take it back. So, um, we were sitting in the living room in the afternoon and I made tea and we were having a cup of tea and I sat down with her and I said, you know, mom, like, I want to talk to you about something. And she's like, oh, okay, what? And I just started to ball. Like I just started to ball. And I was like, I know once I tell you this, I can't take it back. And I'm so scared to tell you, but I have to tell you. And so I took her back to when my dad disclosed, because he was in, my dad disclosed to me in the hospital and he didn't, he had COVID, he had hearing aids, he had mental health challenges, and he really was dysregulated. So the nurses let me go into the hospital room with him. And honest to God, the universe put me there in the most magical way because it shouldn't have been me that went into that room. You know, the other person I was with has a closer relationship with him and they made the choice not to go in. And I was like, holy fuck, I guess I'm going in. What? So when I went in, of course, I was gowned and masked and gloved and freaking face shielded and all the things because of COVID. But I went in with photos. And so when I told my mom that that day that he had shared with me that I had lived. He was looking at a photo of me and I was trying to have him make the connection that I was the person in the photo. And I had pictures from our wedding, which was only three months earlier. So like, it, it, it's not like it was a massive amount of time that had passed. And he was like, Oh yeah, this is my daughter's wedding. And this is so-and-so and this is so-and-so. And he's telling me about the different people. And he told me about my mom and he told me about some other people. And then he saw me in the picture and I was literally pointing at the picture and pointing at me going like, this is fucking me. Like make the connection, dad, make the connection. And then he's holding the photo or he wasn't holding the photo. He had it in his lap. And he's like, that's, that's Tanya. That's my daughter. And she's lived her whole life like a caged animal. And it was like, what the fuck? And then he kept talking and he shared with me how he sexually abused me as a child. And at that point, I didn't have any memories of it. But then driving home the same day, I started to get the flashbacks. 
So there's a lot more to the story of my dad telling me, but I shared with my mom what she needed to know. And my whole message was, I love you. I don't blame you. And I even forgive him. And I never thought I'd arrive at a place of forgiving him. But I went there wanting to hold space and help her through it. And I think that that's what we do as empaths, Emma. Like, you know, don't we? As empaths, we're always holding space for other people. And it didn't go well. What did you say, Danya? She didn't yell, but she said very loudly, he did not. He did not do it. She said, I love her so fucking much. I love her so much, Anna. And, and when, when she said that, I was like, oh my God, like, okay, I know that this is a shock and I still hold on to believing that a lot of this is a shock and this is asking her to uncover and look at a lot of different things in her own life. And I want to be there to help her with it. But I kind of also need her to be there for me. And she said, this isn't going to change my love for him. And I thought, and I told her, I said, I don't need it to, and I don't want it to. I'm like, but I need you to know this. I need you to know this happened. I need you. And, and I know she was shocked. But when I asked her if it changed her love for me, her answer was, I don't know. And it's such a strange place when you're hurting inside and holding space for another person because you know they're hurting. But that person's reaction is where your hurt is. And, and you know, it feels like you're sitting in a bit of a blender. But I, I tried desperately to open a space to talk about it. and and she didn't want to she didn't want to and you know here's what I'm going to say about my dad my dad grew up with like my dad had a very traumatic life and I quite honestly believe my mom saved his life because she taught him as best she could how to love he grew up in a very dysfunctional home lots of addiction lots of mental health he himself had had mental health issues he's bipolar Lots and lots of different layers of stuff. And my mom, I really believe like her resilience to stay in that marriage with everything that he put her through and that they experienced together. And the time that she spent going up behind him and cleaning up his messes when he'd blow it with her boss or her family or different people. I mean, this is like a Molotov cocktail and everything she's put in jars on the shelves over the years. And I'm not trying to create that hurt for her, but I had to tell her because I also knew that first of all, it's part of my healing. So selfishly, I had to do it for myself, me first, but also I have children and they need to know and they need to know not only because I needed to ensure that they weren't victims, 
but also because they need to know that if you know someone that this has happened to, or if this ever happens to you, or if someone tries to interfere in your personal space, sexually or otherwise, and it doesn't feel good, you don't have to fucking keep it a secret. So, like, I, secrets are so poisonous. And I just, I'm like, I can't. I cannot do the secret. I can't play the secret game. I can't pretend this isn't real. And everyone comes to this from a different lens. And I'm recognizing that there are people who are like, okay, if it happened, it happened and put it away. Let's just go back to getting groceries or having a family barbecue or whatever. It doesn't work this way. It doesn't. Tanya, this story is amazing. You are such an inspiration for others. Tanya, and unfortunately, sometimes it's really hard for people to hear our stories. And this is the only story we are not allowed to tell. And I, you know, here's the thing about that. I think that there, there are a few pieces. Like number one, I think that we're moving to a place where we're recognizing that, it, that there's that intergenerational silence, right? The intergenerational silence of, you know, your mom's reaction, right? And, and I, I do believe that some of it is generational, like, mm-hmm. and, and I don't doubt I don't doubt that there are way more women of that generation that were sexually abused and assaulted and, and, and hurt. And now we're moving into generations who are speaking up and saying, this has to fucking stop. And the only way it's going to fucking stop is if we say no more, this happened to me and people need to know that it doesn't need to happen to them and they don't need to suffer in silence. And, and I really believe like, I'm so sorry. And, and yet hearing this, hearing your story, Anna, it does, it gives me, me beautiful hope. Um, and, and, and I also think that, you know, what you said about your mom saying that she knew and she kind of turned a blind eye, if you will. Walked away. Walked away. I I think that, um, I think that a lot of women historically, and maybe even presently, feel so trapped and so fearful themselves and, and don't trust themselves enough to either recognize what they think they're seeing and trying not to see right because there are flags i don't i don't fucking give a shit when anybody says there are flags anna i'm going to share something very very interesting and mind-blowing with you i grew up knowing that one of my dad's biggest fears was that he would be accused of sexually interfering, molesting, abusing me. In fact, when I said this to mom, she said to me, you know, one of his biggest fears was that you were going to accuse him of this one day. Okay. 
here's the thing. That's not fucking normal. That's not fucking normal. And I recall a time and, and I can tell you, honestly, I, I've had some out of body experiences in my life. One of my out of body experiences I now recognize was actually when I was being abused. Another of my out-of-body experiences when I was around 15 or 16 and I was having a really big argument with my dad. Very, very common for he and I to argue. I was the protector of my mom. I was the one who always stood up and kind of got in between and 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 stood up for her and acted as her voice often when she was backing away. And he and I were having this argument in the living room and he start. he was yelling at me how lucky I was, how lucky I was. And I was like, lucky. And I was like, why am I so lucky? And he was like, you're lucky that I never touched you. Every father has those thoughts about his daughter. You're lucky. I never touched you. And Immediately, I like literally had this total bizarre out of body experience. And it was like I was looking in on this conversation happening between the two of us, going, What the fuck is this? Who says this to their kid? This is messed up. And so, you know, that was that was a conversation that existed or a message that existed for, I don't know for sure how many years I'm going to be 48. I was abused when I was around three. So 45 years, this story's existed, maybe all 48. I don't know. But that's another example, I think of where a red flag is something that you turn a blind eye to because you just don't want to think that the someone you love would do this to someone else you love. Tanya, and you don't have to answer this question, but I'm just wondering, what are those flashes? What do you remember was happening? I was small. I was small. I was um, in laying asleep. I was asleep on my parents' bed and um, the light in the hall was on and the door was open. And while he abused me, I focused on different things in the room. And, and if you will, I floated around the room. Um, so I know exactly what picture was hanging over the bed. I know what color the clock was. I could, I, if I, if I could draw, I could draw the clock because I focused on the clock with such distinct detail. Like it was a white clock. It had the little flip numbers. It had a little dial that rotated the, the radio thing was across the bottom. Like, I mean, I know that clock with extreme detail. Um, and, and, and I literally floated around the room while it happened. This is very common. What's happening to victims of sexual abuse. Yeah. How are you dealing 
with those memories now? I'm really, you know what, I, it's been over a year now, I guess, because it was December of 2020, right, that he disclosed to me. And I've been working really diligently with my therapist and, and really working to, to continue to step into a place of loving and trusting myself in this journey. And, and that's kind of the biggest piece. My therapist is amazing. I've done a lot of EMDR and I do recommend EMDR for trauma because EMDR is super powerful for trauma. Um, but, you know, you see your therapist once every two or three weeks because you can't afford to see a therapist every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've got to show up for yourself every day. And, you know, like for me, part of it is, like, honestly, like my self-love adventure, right? What I do, the, the, the path that I created for myself is what I'm now sharing with women. And that's like showing up for yourself every day in gentle ways where you express gratitude and you set yourself a plan for the day and you recognize what's good in your life and what you love about yourself every single day. So you're, so my process is just reinforcing that for myself, right? Because one of my biggest struggles through life was around worthiness and, and nothing fucks with your worthiness like this. Mm -hmm. And, and then of course, when I chose to speak my truth and it landed so poorly, immediately it went back to my worthiness. And, and so, you know, and, and healing is a process and, and I don't like to even call it an adventure. I, I don't like to call it a journey. I like to call it an adventure because you can look at it as like, holy fuck, this sucks. And this is hard and this is shit. And you know what the truth is? It is, but it's also like every day has an opportunity to be a little bit better, to learn a little bit more, to trust myself more. And to know that the choices that I'm making are the right ones for me. And, and like, and a perfect example of that, Anna, is I historically spoke to my mother every single morning, 8 a.m. When things didn't go well, I tried to give her some space um, and I actually brought it up again later and she asked a question and then shut me down. And then, um, and I say shut me down as in, she just didn't want to talk about it. She was just like, she just wanted to make dinner and go back to like, everything was normal. And, and I can understand that because that's a really safe reaction to being in shock. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I spent the whole night crying and I stayed. And then the next morning I knew it was like, I have to talk to her. We have to talk about this or I can't sit in this. I can't be here, which was an awful thought because I was supposed to be there another day. Mm. Um, and in the morning when she said she didn't want to talk about it and she was like, just wanted to go about making plans for the day. I was like, I have to go home. Like I just, I, I needed to be home 
And like leaving was so hard. And, you know, packing up and knowing like, I got to go, like, I have to leave. Like this conversation's not going to continue and I have to leave. And when I left, I hugged her and I told her I loved her and she told me she loved me and I haven't talked to her since. And so, you know, it's been three weeks and it hurts like a motherfucker. Oh, I can imagine. And at the same time, every single day, I'm like, I know that I did the right thing. I know that speaking my truth, even if nobody wants to believe me or people are, and when I say nobody, that's the other piece of it is people have the choice of whether or not they want to believe me. They do. They have the choice. Mm -hmm. And I just have to accept that they can choose whether or not they're going to believe me. My mom did say to me in that conversation, he's not here to defend himself. And I was like, you're absolutely right. The question becomes, if this wasn't the truth, why the fuck would I bother sharing it after he was dead? Like, exactly. like what, what's the value of me dragging him through the mud when he's dead? I think, you know, you know, Tanya, not every single experience are going so well when we admit what was happening to us as a children. Uh, in many cases, we try to protect our parents. And the more we try to protect, the more we keep silent. The more, the more we keep silent, the more we, uh, we are suffering. And then consequently, our kids start suffering because we didn't go through this, uh, through this trauma. Their kids uh, start suffering because to heal the trauma, it takes seven generations before and seven generations after. What you've done is an amazing thing, really amazing. This is so inspiring. I just want people to know if it's not your parents or your kids or your family, there are always people you can resonate with, who will understand you, who know exactly how you feel. And if, if you are looking to talk to your parents or your friends, your family, you need to make sure you told this story to yourself first. You need to make sure that you are okay with the, your past. And you need to make sure that no matter what was the reaction be, you trust yourself. And what you felt, you trusted yourself. You felt this desire to tell her. How she took is telling me that maybe she didn't know exactly, but she could feel something. It's her mother's instinct. And she was probably trying to bottle it up all her life. And then you um, you confronting her right now. And it's hard for her to admit that she failed. She failed to protect. That's what my mom told me. She feels so guilty for not protecting me. But what you can do, Tanya... You can just put your hands on your chest and say, Tanya, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm here for me. 
for me. Exactly. I am here for me. I'm the only person who matters in my life. And, and, and that is exactly it, Anna. That is exactly it. Like, had I not intentionally stepped into building love for myself and with myself every day, had I not actually taken the steps to create something intentional for myself, I don't know if I would have arrived here because it is a process and a practice of building trust. And, and, and now again, like, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't hurt. It, I, I'm not going to pretend life is fucking perfect. It's so perfectly in fucking perfect, but <laughs> right. It is, but I trust myself. And that was why I said, you know what? It's time to talk to Anna. It's time to have a conversation with Anna about this. Um, I'm starting my own podcast, Anna. It's launching. Oh my gosh. It's launching on March 27th. I can't even believe it. That's like. There we go. <laughs> and. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. What is thank- your podcast will be about? So my podcast is called Lighten Up and Unstuck Your What the Fuck. Perfect. With Tanya Gill. This name. And it's really about, we move through tons of what the fuck moments in life. And it's about how to literally lighten up and how to still live with joy and goodness and peace and create the life we deserve because we only get one, Anna, you know it, right? And how to do that in those what the fuck moments. Because that's what lightening up is, right? To lighten up is to actually be able to shine in your soul. That's what it is. To be connected to yourself, to your inner inner child. Yeah. He's so connected to all of you. All of you. Tanya, before we jump into your, one of your what the fuck moments that has changed your life forever. I'm really curious if you have an opportunity to speak to your family, to your husband and to your kids. Mm. about what's happened to you? So my husband found out as soon as I got home from my dad's disclosure, um, because when I got home, I fell apart. And so my husband knew. Um, And also um, I have a group of people in my life that I refer to as my high council. My high council are they're not just best friends. They are, you know, at any time of day, if they called me and said, I need $25,000 and bring a shovel, I would be there. No questions asked because I know they would be the same for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're like, those are those people, right? Yes. And what I also realize is that in order to have the kind of relationship that I have with those high council people. It takes incredible vulnerability on both parts. That is what makes a high council friendship gold. Yes. Um, And so I told my, I told my husband and my high council and then also my therapist, obviously. So when I came back home from telling my mom, I arrived home a day early and immediately my son was like, what's going on? 
why are you home early? What, what's happening? What like, and he could see, cause I cried basically all night, all morning, all day. Like I, I just looked like I'd been hit by, I don't even know what, like, I just was, I, I didn't know. Actually I did, unfortunately, but I, I thought that I would start to run out of tears. And I remember actually when my, my first husband passed away that I remember thinking I'm going to run out of tears. And I, and that was the same thought that I had actually with this conversation with my mom anyway. Um, so I had the conversation with right away, actually, I took my one son and I said, like, where's your brother? Let's go chat with him and I'll explain what's going on. And so I told them, um, and, and their reaction was so heartbreakingly beautiful because I knew when I told them it was going to change things for them. And I also needed to tell them why I was home and that things didn't go well telling grandma. So I was hitting them with all kinds of pieces, right? I was hitting them with, this is what grandpa told me. And this is when, and, you know, and this is where I am. And I told grandma and it didn't go well. And I don't want them to ever, ever question their love for their grandma. Like they have such a close relationship with her. So I cushioned it in so much gentle packaging with grandma's in shock. This is just, this is just so much for her to take on. She just needs some time to process. Like I am, I do not want them to hate her. I don't want them to ever question their love for her in any way. And, and their reactions were so beautiful. They cried for and with me when I told them what had happened to me. They literally held me and told me how sorry they were that it had happened. And one of my sons was like, when I explained, you know, that my honesty was being questioned, <laughs> he, he got really angry, really appropriately angry, though. And he was like, you don't, people don't make this shit up. This is not something you fucking make up. And. What a smart boy. Well, and you know, their, their tenderness and their compassion and their understanding and their love and also helping them understand like that they can grieve in this too. And that I'm here to support them in grieving in this too, because this is, I mean, this is a different level of information about their grandpa. Right. But I also did have the conversation. I'm like, and, and I want you to know if something happened to you, like I'm here, I love you. I believe you. I trust you. Like we will get through this together. Like, don't think that you have to keep some kind of secret. Like we love each other enough to be able to hold space and get through this together. This is gold, Tanya. I was waiting for this moment. Thank you so much. 
it's so important when your kids know they can trust you. You know what's amazing though? Is one of my kids was like, well, they both said that they had no memories, but then my one of my kids was like, but you didn't have memories for like 46 years. So who knows, right? And I'm like, well, and if at any point in your life you have any memories at all, I love you and I'm here for you. And then he kind of laughed. Like, you know, it's amazing, right? Like you have those little fluctuations in energy and and it was beautiful. And for me, it was also affirming that I've done a good job raising my kids. Like as a single parent, I've been a single parent since they were four and eight months old. I got married in 2020. I was a single parent through all of that. And so to have my 15 and 18 year old boys hold me and say they were sorry and they loved me and It's like, oh my God, I've done a good job raising these boys. And they are not going to perpetuate this. The generations are, the generations of trauma are stopping. And now we're moving into the generations of healing, right? Tanya, how did your relationship with your sons has changed? after you open up. You know, what's so amazing is it's only been a few weeks, right? It really has. It's only been a few weeks, but wow, it has changed so much already. It feels more loving, light, open, connected, joyful, like I can't even tell you how different the energy of our family has changed. And, 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 and it's kind of feel it's so beautiful. We just went for a week away and um, as a family, and it was six of us for the first few days. And then two kids had to go back to work. So then the other two stayed with us. And I mean, we've got kids between the ages of 15 and 22 or 23. Um, and the level of connection that we have as a family is different. It's stronger. It feels more free and more loving and more open and vulnerable and safe. And I see it in them. Like the kids are like, even little things, they're, they're being more open to being vulnerable. Like the freedom that is coming from this just within our own family is so beautiful. This is so amazing, Tanya. (laughs) I'm so so happy to hear this because you might help them to change you might help your mother to start her healing process her healing uh what did you say journey not journey adventure Uh, adventure adventure Mm -hmm. Because it is not not easy to hear. No idea. 
but my my relationship with my mother has uh, have improved dramatically. She became a mama bear. She became so protective over me. She would never ever tell my stepfather any bad word. And now she turned she turned around and she literally saw him when he was uh, driving to work in the car and she jumped on the car and she started to smashing the car and yelling how dare you are <laughs> touching my my daughter. The relationship completely changed. I what I'm what I think now with your mother you don't have any elephants in the room you can be open and honest with her about everything and tanya i think watch there is something coming from her end i bet you and i i trust i really do i trust that when the time is right she will reach out I also know, and this is a very hard thing. And I had this conversation with actually one of my high council members just the other day, because she knows that I talk to my mom every day. She knows that eight o'clock in the morning has been really, really hard for me. And I also know that I can't reach out to her. And, and that for me is a really interesting space to be because I really am someone who is a connector. Like I'm the one who reaches out almost always. I'm like, I like bringing people together. I'm the extrovert. I'm that person. And in this case, I can't do it. I need my mother to be my mother. And that's the only way I can explain it. It's like the little girl in me needs my mom to come to me and I can't go to her to try and make it okay for her. And I will, that's the thing. That's the tricky thing. Cause even as I say it, I'm like, yeah, but you will Tanya. And I will like, I will be there to help her understand and move through it and process. And I mean, God, maybe that's why I actually became a social worker. Maybe that was actually the divine purpose. I don't know with all of the different things that I've had in my past, what their purposes are, but I want to be there for my mom, but I need her to be the one who reaches out to me. And you know, my bestie, she asked me, what would you do? What will, what if she doesn't? And I'm like, I have to trust she will. Tanya. Mm-hmm. Have you found your purpose in life? Yes. What is it? It's in my mother's handwriting on my arm. What's and it say? says, inspire hope. What an amazing, what an amazing purpose. And I your know. hope. Your story is a hope. You. you can be your own parent. You can you can talk to your inner child. We spend lots of time together. <laughs> and I think the other thing that people need to um, consider about the inner child, and this is something that I'm learning as well, is that I thought for 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 
over a year for actually almost two years, I have a picture of myself as a child up and I have a little kind of meditation shrine, if you will. I don't like the word shrine, but I have a little meditation area. And um, I have a picture of myself as a child, three or four in, in, in that area. And I've had that be a part of my life for a couple of years. But now when I look at that little girl, I, I, I know that she's the little girl that, that had the trust stripped from her in a really unfair and horrible way. And, but I also recognize that she is not the only inner child that needs recognition. I have another inner child that's like almost eight years old who has stuff going on. And then I also have that inner child who was 15 or 16 who was standing up and fighting with my dad. So I, you know, so I've got different, I've got different inner children that I'm spending some time with and paying attention to what they need. And that's really it, right? They need me, first of all, to love myself and trust myself because I am the adult in this relationship right now. The relationship with myself, I'm the adult. I get to make the decisions. It's really fucking exciting that I get to decide. Nobody decides for me. And I also get to decide for those kids and I get to decide the best things for them. Right? I get to show up for them and be like, girl, we're going to fucking do it. We're having a dance party in the messy backyard today with the dog because everybody needs to dance. (laughs) And we're going to we're going to rock our shit today. We're going to have amazing coaching sessions with clients. We're going to, and, and we're going to, every single day we show up every single day that me and the girls show up is not just a fucking win, but it's an opportunity to shine. That's what I called turn your trauma into your superpower, right? Because it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, uh, Yes, trauma can destroy our lives. Yes, it takes our power away. But it doesn't have to be this way. This trauma, this this healing uh, is your source of superpower right now. There is nothing to be afraid of right now. You live through this now. And now it's in your in your hands, in your power to to do whatever you want in this life to do whatever i want whatever you want whatever any one of your listeners wants like we have that ability to make the choice right and and don't like yeah and you know you talk about the trauma healing is a process and it is a practice Like, I really, truly believe that you have to show up for yourself intentionally to move toward healing. And it doesn't mean it has to be fixated on what that is. It means Mm -hmm. it needs to be fixated on loving yourself and taking care of yourself. Right. That's where, that's where healing comes from. And, and, you know, like you can choose, you can choose to sit in. I am trauma. I am a victim. I am worthless because this has happened to me or you can say 
this is part of my story. Potentially it happened for me, which is also really fucking scary to say my father sexually abused me for me, but maybe the for me was part of me being now with you and like you sharing our voices and saying, this isn't okay. And inspiring other people to step into their own self-worth and their own love and, and realizing that whether it's happened to you or whether it hasn't, we all know it's not fucking okay. And we all need to love ourselves and each other. That's so beautiful. Tanya, why helping people is so important? I know that I was put on this planet to help people. I know that from the time I was a child to, to this very moment, I've always been a helper. And I think that some of us are naturally born into helping roles. And I think that we're nurtured into help being helpers as well. And I think that when we are empathic and we feel what other people feel and we care so deeply that being a helper is a double-edged sword, but it's the, the purpose, right? Like I know that there are costs of being a helper, but at the exact same time, like when I have the honor of seeing a light bulb moment from one of my clients. When I get a text message from a client who says, oh my God, I just did this, or thank you for helping me, or, or I'm having a really fucking great day and I love myself. Like I actually have gotten text messages from clients who say, I'm having a really great day and I love myself. And I'm thinking like, that is so fucking awesome. <laughs> right. Because, because it's, I don't, it's a funny thing because I love helping other people, but ultimately I want people to be able to help themselves too. And we are having this human experience on this planet, all 6 billion of us needing to find our way forward. And we are of and for love. And, and for me, helping is about love. Like, I really, truly believe that I am love and light. You are love and light. We are all love and light. And if I can help you in some way that helps you magnify your love and light a little bit more, that shit's contagious. Oh, right? yes. Oh, it is. yes. <laughs> it's contagious. Like, and so that's the beauty of being a helper. Because I get jacked on seeing other people get jacked doing amazing things for and with themselves. And then the people who are in their direct realm are also being positively influenced. And the people that are in their direct realm are also being positively influenced. And it's like dropping a little tiny love bomb and it creating this massive ripple of light and love forever yes. and ever. <laughs> it's magic. I love it. I love it. And it's, it's a, such a healing process for yourself. Right? Isn't it? You, when people, when, when, you, when you know how people feel, when you know how to help, when you know what to do, we can go through everything when you have those tools. 
and a bit of confidence and a bit of help from people who went through this before. And the community. I really really believe that art, the community is so powerful. I really do. And when Mm -hmm. we find our people and we find our tribe and, 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 or, and in, in my business, I call it the collective. Um, And so people who are members of the self-love adventure become part of the collective. And the collective is like those people who are on the same path. And when we find the people who are on the same path and we can speak honestly and just share and be together without expectations, there is so much magic in it. I agree with you. Tanya. Yes. Why people can find you. Oh, right. People can find me on the socials at perfectlyimperfect.wtf. And my website is also perfectlyimperfect.wtf. So <laughs> which you, stands for <laughs> it's everywhere. Perfect. And, and and my email address is Tanya at perfectlyimperfect.wtf. <laughs> um, and you know what? I know the perfectlyimperfect.wtf is is really um it's really embodies who I am. Like I am so perfectly imperfect. I am a recovering perfectionist who is like, okay, you know what? It's time to just step forward and do your thing. Even if you do mess it up, because what the fuck moments happen everywhere. And we can decide if they're what the fucks or if they're what's this for. So um, yeah, so that's where you can find me. You can find me there. And um, I'm actually starting, I don't know when this is going to be broadcast, but I'm starting a new self-love adventure on April 2nd for people who are interested in joining. It's 90 days. It's only $99, Anna. It's worth $349, but I keep it at $99 because I know that when people don't feel a lot of self-love, they also don't feel like investing in themselves. And so I'm like, I want this to get into the hands of as many people as possible because it's a simple process of showing up for yourself that really does build that momentum of self-love. It's gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. So Investing in yourself is the, the most beautiful thing that I've ever done for myself. Me too. It's so important. You can't do this on your own. You need this community of people who knows, who know what to do, who went through this. So I reckon it's going to be amazing. Thank you, love. Tanya, before we go, do you have any concluding thoughts? You know, Anna, I was really nervous about speaking with you. And one of the things that I've been really paying attention to is the feelings in our body around nervousness and excitement are often the same. And I was sitting before we met and trying to decide if I was nervous or if I was excited. And I told you just a few seconds ago that I was really nervous. And the truth is I was legitimately nervous because talking honestly about this still does feel really fucking scary. I'm going to be honest. It does. It feels scary. 
But as I'm sitting here right now, I'm noticing that the feeling that I have in my body is also excitement. And that is because every time I talk about it, it gives me an opportunity to feel a little more free. And so I guess, you know, my closing thought is that if one of your listeners is a victim of sexual abuse, sexual assault, and they haven't shared it with anyone yet, find that one person that they can trust because the first time you share it, it hurts like hell. But as you speak your truth more, it feels more and more freeing and your soul actually feels lighter and lighter and more whole again. So it's worth it. The freedom is worth it. It really is. Tanya, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Anna. I enjoy you. I love you. You are a beautiful soul. And I am so grateful for our friendship, my friend. I love you too, Tanya. You are such an inspiration. You are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Tanya Gill. Thank you for being here. I know it's not easy, but there is a part of you who is ready to take this journey all the way and I can help. Reach out to me directly at Anna at AnnaMadeNova.com to get to work. You can also connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn for more healing stories and magic. This journey isn't possible to do on your own, so make sure to like, subscribe, and review the podcast so we can help more people like you. If you have someone in your life who is struggling to overcome their trauma, This is something you can give them that truly can change the course of their life forever. We'll see you next time for another episode of the World's Best Trauma Recovery Podcast. And just remember, you are able to help yourself and you can do it right now.